Larry Bird's not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. Okay. It is... God! 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 To be the man! You gotta beat the man! The 2-1. Swan Lane drive left hand! Water on his end! This is the Powers on Sports Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Powers on Sports Podcast. Thanks for finding us. Hopefully you enjoyed the draft over the weekend. All the teams made their selections as we head into the 2022, really the true offseason now. You'll see some mini camps and some OTAs and all that going on, but you won't see a whole lot more until training camp gets going in late July. Uh, interesting draft, a lot of wide receiver storylines, lots of trades in the in these first couple of rounds. Um, you know, not a whole lot of controversy, but you did have some did have some uh, interesting storylines that are developing. AJ Brown gets traded to Philadelphia from Tennessee. Lots of wide receivers get picked. The quarterbacks slide a lot further than people thought. Not any, only one goes in the first round uh, and such. So NBA playoffs are, are underway in full swing. Conference semifinals are underway. The first round of the NHL playoffs have started this week. Lots of good matchups there. We're going to get into all that. Got two great guests this week. We're going to talk to TJ Reeves, Buccaneer Radio Network, Big Fight Podcast, uh, Three Dog Thursday Podcast. He was... Covered the, the Buccaneer draft extensively. We're going to talk about the NFL draft. We're going to talk about some uh, NBA stuff, some TV coverage, things like that. Then we are going to talk to Drew Felios. Drew works for ESPN, CBS Sportsnet. He covers. We're going to talk about the United States Open Pickleball Tournament, the kind of the Super Bowl of pickleball that he covered down in Naples last weekend, as well as some uh, NBA stuff as well. Some, some random thoughts about some different things. So, Good episode for you. Remember, you can subscribe, rate, and review, please. Tell your colleagues and friends about the podcast. We'd love to have you. Remember, our video interviews are on YouTube, the, on, a, on my YouTube channel, Jason Powers. We'll have the, the YouTube interviews as well. You can all get all the video content. Remember, you can shoot me a note on Twitter at Sports is the Twitter handle. We'd love to hear from you. And again, uh, subscribe, rate, and review if you haven't already done so. Thanks for finding us. And we'll be right back in just a minute with TJ Reeves, Buccaneer Radio, to talk all things NFL Draft, NBA, and even some NHL for you. So stick around and we'll be right back. We'll be back to the Powers on Sports podcast in just a moment. Now a word from Titan Home Lending. Folks, interest rates are rising. They are on the rise due to some inflationary issues, world events and such. So if you are in the market for a home, looking to buy, looking to uh, invest in an investment property, second home purchase, beach home, vacation type home, now is the time to get your rate locked in. Reach out to me at Titan Home Lending. Anywhere in the state of Florida, I can help you. So if you're looking for a place in Key West, in Tampa, Orlando, Jacksonville, Pensacola, anywhere in between, 
reach out to me at Titan Home Lending, 205-790-1404. Let's get you pre-approved for your home purchase. Also, if you'd like to refinance your home, if your interest rate is in the fives or sixes or high fours, now might be a great time to look at your options of whether to refinance would be beneficial to you financially. So again, reach out to me at Titan Home Lending, Jason Powers, 205-790-1404. Feel free to call or text me anytime. I'd love the opportunity to help you anywhere in the state of Florida. Now back to the Powers on Sports podcast. All right, welcome back to the Powers on Sports podcast. It We have just concluded NFL draft weekend. We are in the thralls of NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. Lots of stuff going on MLB baseball season and no better person to get an update about all these different great things going on than TJ Reeves, sideline reporter, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, podcast host, Three Dog Thursday, does a boxing podcast, does a, he did a college basketball podcast during the college basketball season <laughs> and, and was even the host of the Buccaneer draft party, which didn't turn into a much of a party because our Buccaneers traded out of the first round from Raymond James Stadium. Welcome back, Mr. Reeves. It's always good to be with you. And we should also mention that you and I are both decked out in the lightning guard because at the time that we're taping this podcast, rumors of the two-time Stanley Cup champion Lightning's demise greatly exaggerated again after they lose one game the opening game the toronto they have one game two on the yep. night we're doing this podcast you've got the shirt on i've got the old school 1993 1993 jersey. replica jersey on so for those that cannot see us just know we've got the lightning mojo going uh, as they go for a three-peat which you love these nuggets when i give them to you the last three-peat of any kind in the big four sports is the la lakers 2000 2001, 2002, Shaq and the late Kobe Bryant. The last three-peat in hockey is the New York Islanders who won four in a row in the early 1980s. It ain't easy to do, but the nope. Lightning are going to try to do that here over the next few weeks, and we're interested in all of that. So I'm, I'm good for whatever you like, whether it's the hockey, the draft, let's, anything you got, brother. Let's, let's get, let, let's, we're at the hockey. Let's get into the hockey first since we're, we're on the hockey. What are the cool – for me, I'm not, I don't watch a ton of hockey during the regular season, but I just love watching the drama of playoff hockey with all the overtimes. The games are so close. You know, these guys, they don't mail it in. They don't ever mail it in. They're not on three, you know, they're not playing three games in five nights like they might in the regular season or four game road trips. That's very focused. Talk to me about just playoff hockey in general and how it compares to other playoffs that we follow. I, I will say this. I mean, there's certainly drama in the seven-game series of the NBA playoffs and the seven-game series of the baseball October playoffs in the World Series. So there's drama. But it's not like the hockey drama that you just alluded to, where it seems like almost every game is a one-goal one game. And about a third of the games are overtime games. Right. So you just Last have – Last night, three overtimes, <laughs> Rangers and yes. Yes. And, and night after night, you're going to see goal late in the third or an overtime goal that decides it. It, it is a nitroglycerin uh, tablet special, it seems like, for the NHL. And we've had a blast with what the Lightning uh, have been able to do the last couple of years. Of course, two years ago, it was in the bubble. We were completely detached while they were yep. winning in both Toronto and Edmonton in front of no fans yep. in the NHL bubble. Last year, reduced fans until the playoffs really got rolling. And then the NHL said the heck with it on the COVID guidelines for the fans. Just let whoever in that wants to come in for the last couple of series, including the Stanley Cup win over Montreal. 
So again, I fully realize most of the audience is not hockey. Most of the audience is probably football one, baseball two, maybe basketball, NBA two yep. and two and two A, yep. college football. But still, the hockey is a blast because the Lightning have been so good and so much fun and winning, winning all the time uh, doesn't hurt. That's for sure. So it's going to be fun to watch them with a lot of experienced championship caliber players. Can they pull off something that hasn't been done in any sport in 20 years? Yep. If they can do it, we'll see. Yeah, and the Lightning will be home Friday, Sunday for game three and game four. Two things I really like about hockey as compared to the NBA. Hockey, they play every other night. We're not having to wait four days in between game two and game three, <laughs> yes. like in basketball. That's just ridiculous. And I know it's TV, but please, it's ridiculous. It, it, it you know, it's bad. It's, it's, it's you just think not it a good kills flow. the buzz. It kills the momentum. Yep. And the unpredictability. Every year there's that seven or eight seed in, in, in the NHL that'll win a series or two. Many times you've had an eight seed go to the finals. You've had a six seed where you don't see as much of that in the NBA. The unpredictability of the result also makes it very appealing for the fan. Well, and you make a great point because look no further than last year where Montreal was awful and they had the crazy, we won't get into all of it. They had the crazy setup yep. with everybody playing kind of like their own pod of teams and they played the same seven teams the whole year. Last in year, Canada, yep. they, they, yeah, last year, 2021. They played the same pod of all Canadian teams the whole year. They didn't play any teams from the United States in the whole regular season. Right. And they had to have four teams because of the way they set up the playoffs. They had to have four Canadian teams. Right. And the Montreal team was just awful for a lot of the regular season. But they got hot in the playoffs, to your point. And with a losing record, won three playoff series and got all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. So truly, to your point, anything can happen when you get to the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's why we love it. We love playoff drama of all kinds. I mean, the NBA will get good. I know this is yep. not in the market where we are. It's not a big NBA market at all. The Orlando Magic have been so terrible for yep. so long that the NBA doesn't resonate the same way here like it does in the Northeast or in Los Angeles or, uh, you know, in the upper Midwest, in Chicago and Detroit and Milwaukee. Yep. Yep. They, care, they care lots about the NBA. Not in Florida so much, but I'll watch. I'm a basketball guy. It's not the college basketball March Madness that you and I love, but I'll, I'll watch the NBA playoffs as it whittles down and gets to the finals. I'll give you a good Tampa Bay Lightning nugget. Please. Andre Vasilevsky, now 15-0 and following a loss. That's incredible. 15 Can I, and 0. Uh, borrow that or steal that as my own? I think I got to put Take that it. on social media right now. Take it. 15 and I mean, 0. You you talk about the ultimate um game changer in playoff series. There it is the where goal. if you don't lose twice in a row, much less three in a row, you're very tough to eliminate. Right. That's your that's what I take away from that nugget that they lose a game, but he doesn't let them lose a second game or a much less a third game in a row. Right. What a great job for the Russian goalie. And can I just say this? I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of all the politics right. and the horrible situation with the Russian invasion of Ukraine. But I think this needs to be illuminated that uh, for these Russian hockey players, all right, the Russian athletes worldwide, uh, for example, there's a Russian fighter fighting Canelo Alvarez in boxing Saturday night in Las Vegas for a, a pay-per-view, huge payday, championship fight, a lot of these Russians are in a real bind playing in the United States or being athletes in the United States. And the Lightning hockey players like Vasilevsky, like one of their great goal scorers, Nikita Kucherov, yep. they're in a bind because their families are still in Russia. 
They can't speak to their families in a lot of instances. They're cut off right now and or they can't send them money financially. They can't evacuate them from Russia from the stories that I've heard because of the chaos. Maybe not all may, may not be all the way true with all the Russians. Some of their immediate family is obviously with them if they're married, if they have kids or whatever. But if you have parents, if you have extended relatives that are in Russia that you're unsure and you can't get money to because of what's going on with the sanctions and right. the government, it's playing on these guys' psyches while Absolutely. they play. And they are human beings after all. And if they were to speak out, you know, I keep hearing the criticism, why aren't the Russian athletes in the NHL, Ovechkin, um, with Alexander Ovechkin is one of the premier players yep, in the league. Yep. If you don't follow hockey, why is he not speaking out for fear of what they not only do to him, but fear of what they do to his relatives. If right. he speaks out about the invasion. So that's just kind of a backdrop from hockey where there's so many prominent Russian players. There you go. And, and I'm sure there's a variety of opinions amongst the Russian players. Some probably support the invasion. Who knows? I, who knows right. what the relationship is with Putin and all that stuff. You never know, but it, it's trickling all throughout the sports world. Wimbledon is, has, has booted out all the Russian players, that's not right. allowing them to play in Wimbledon. So that's something. You which a lot of Cup. which a lot of people are against, and European right. tennis is still huge. Right. And there are some that believe the Russian players shouldn't be punished. Then right. there's others, like you said, on the other side of the aisle that are saying, this is how you get back at Putin, and this is how you put pressure on him, yep. because the, the, the Russian athletes and others will put the pressure on him on what are you doing to us in our careers with what right. you're doing. Yes, agree. No, you're right. That's it. That's a very, especially in hockey, that's a very big thing to, to be the emotional toll that this whole situation takes on those players and their families, because you're right. Lots of those players got families that are probably still there, whether it's in Ukraine, whether it's in other parts of Russia, who knows? I saw, I saw something where there's numerous Russian hockey players, and then we'll move on. I know you want to move on in the NHL that do have family members that were living in Ukraine. Right. There are a lot of Russian immigrants living in Ukraine. The southern uh, portion of what used to be the Soviet Union became their home, and they're now being bombed by, right. by the country that they were all uh, originally inhabitants of. So right. you, you're right. And we've, we've gone down the social uh, platform, the political platform yeah. uh, rabbit hole here on you, but just thought we'd share that for the powers on sports podcast right. audience as the lightning continued to try to excel with Russian hockey players, three of their players, Vasilevsky, the goalie, Kucherov, the goal scorer, a good defenseman in Sergachev. They're all Russians. This story's not going away. Not they're not, and they're story. not bottom of the roster guys. They're critical yes. elements to the team. Yep. Critical. So, all right. Let's let's hit. We'll hit. I want to hit one NBA point. Your thoughts on the flagrant foul last night, Dylan Brooks? You know, Steve Kerr after the game says it breaks the code and all that stuff. Your just your general thoughts about the play. It's a bad play, no doubt about it. So we're talking about Memphis and Golden State, and I'm a Memphis guy. Although I'm not yeah. a huge Memphis Grizzlies guy because they weren't around when I was in school there. They moved from Vancouver to Memphis after I had left school and come and been in the media in Florida for a while. Um, I would love to see the Grizzlies do well. Golden State is obviously the darling child of the NBA. They want Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and that team to be in the Western Conference Finals, if not the NBA Finals. Uh, it goes back to the Draymond Green yeah. uh, ejection Sunday, which I didn't think was warranted. And so in some ways, Memphis is trying to, to police that themselves and pay back Draymond Green. They knocked him down once. Uh, they hit what Gary Payton the second with the foul yeah. you're talking about and broke his wrist. 
So I, I kept waiting. I did not see today. Enlighten me. Did Brooks get a game suspension? I haven't did he get heard more yet. than that? I haven't heard. Uh, for, uh, so again, the, the NBA has got to crack down on the, on the flagrant fouls where the other guy gets injured and can't play the rest of the series or maybe the rest of the playoffs, which is the case in this one. But I come out of the old school. You know me. I'm older than you. I come out of the old school of the 80s. And I still remember the Kevin McHale clothesline yes. of Kurt Rambus that we all know, Celtics Lakers. Lambeer, Lambeer and Bird, Lambeer and, Lambeer and, the, and Right, Lambeer and the Pistons were always doing it to the Bulls and the Celtics. But the the McHale play, yes. the clothesline, the Hulk Hogan clothesline, the Macho Man Savage clothesline wasn't even a technical foul, much less an ejection. So the NBA has changed, and I agree about player safety, but. You know, you go back to the 80s and you watch what was going on with the game policing itself and who would pay whom back it was a different time. That's for sure. For our, for our younger listeners <laughs> that maybe aren't old enough, Google McHale and, and Kurt Rambis, Lakers Celtics back in the 80s, and you will see a vicious. And the background. Just, oh. Yeah, it's a clothesline. Vicious. The, ba the background was, and, and this is where that, that new HBO uh, dramatic series featuring the Showtime Lakers, the dramatic comedy. Yep. John C. Riley is playing Dr. Jerry Buss. I've only seen the pilot episode. He's very good as Dr. Jerry Buss. Jerry, they, Jerry West is not very happy with Jerry that West is not that. happy. And if you watch the first episode, I'm just going to tease why it portrays him <laughs> as just off the chain, uh, out of control, vulgar, whatever. And I can see why Jerry West is upset. But in any event, you go back to that time period, and a lot of people are now watching that show, that reality, uh, you know, based yep. on the true story of the Lakers and the Showtime dynasty. Loosely. Lou, Larry Bird was completely questioning the Celtics' toughness and whether right. they were tough enough. And Bird called out his own team through the media. We're not tough enough. The Lakers are too tough. That Mikhail Rambis play happened in like the first minute or two of the game <laughs> when you go back to the 84 play. It was not like it took very long for him to send a message. And the Lakers uh, got distracted by that, and the whole the whole toughness thing of the yeah. Celtics came through. It was just a different time in the '80s, and I think it's fascinating that now a lot of the younger fans are going to get to know more about it because of that HBO series. I thought I'd share that. And they did, and ESPN did a few years back a great three or oh. four episode thing on the Lakers and the Celtics. The thirty that, for that, thirty that went yes. like four nights, right? Yes. Three or four episodes. And it chronicled all those things. Oh. Burn. The NBA, the NBA is what it is today because of that rivalry, those players, and yep. all of those championships they won in the 80s. Yep. Made it into a multi-billion dollar operation. Go back and watch it if you're a younger fan. It's worth it. And you're right. 1984. Google it, kids. YouTube it. Mikhail clothesline of Kurt Rambis. Vicious. <laughs> Two-shot foul. Two-shot foul. Not even That's a technical it. foul. That's it. No ejection. No ejection. Nothing. All right, let's get to our uh, let's get to the wheelhouse of the NFL draft. Buccaneers picked. Uh, we won't go over every draft pick. Let's just, we'll pick a couple guys and just highlight a couple things. You were in Raymond James Stadium hosting the draft party. It's part of the celebration that didn't end up being. Give the fans a little sense of draft trade and the Bucks end up trading out of the first round. Good so, crowd at Raymond James. Just give a little atmosphere of, of yeah. the event. So in my work duties, one of the many that you were roll calling earlier, I'm part of Buccaneers Radio and the draft host and have been for about a decade now on Buccaneers Radio in the Tampa Bay area and the Buccaneers mobile app. So we were there doing the live draft radio show and we had the PA speakers going in the club area of Raymond James Stadium. And there were several thousand fans in the club area where we were. Several thousand more season pass members were out in the lower bowl of the stadium 
uh, as well to watch all of this. And again, the Buccaneers were slated to pick around 27, which would yeah. have been around 11, 15 ish Eastern time, three hours into the draft when you're taking 10 minutes a team generally. Uh-huh. So we're cooking along. We're talking about the other teams and what they're doing. You and I are going to go over that briefly here in a few minutes. We're getting to the Buccaneers pick finally after three plus hours of talking about it. And they trade the pick. That's a first for me, brother powers where I've sat there for the whole draft and they don't pick a player. So we have no player to talk about much less a player to interview. We can't get Jason light on uh, with us on our coverage to interview him about the player because there is no player because they made a trade. Uh, and traded out of the first round and got the first pick of the second round and some extra picks, which we'll get into in a moment. So I have worked all kinds because I worked the 2015 draft where they picked Jameis Winston right away in the first part of the draft coverage. So we literally talked to him like by 8.15, 8.20 p.m., 20 minutes into the draft coverage, we had talked to Jameis Winston. Within 30 minutes, we had interviewed Jason Light about picking Jameis Winston. So we were basically just good, and then, okay, we're just kind of cruising along for the rest of the night. This one, we had to wait and wait and wait. And then it's like somebody stole Christmas. There's no <laughs> presents to open under the tree. There's nothing there, but that's okay. Uh, we made it through, and the Bucks eventually made some picks. Yep. Trade out of the first round. One, I think it's a salary cap deal. You save a bunch of money by trading out of the first round. Two, let's get to Logan Hall, the first pick, defensive end, Houston. You know, uh, one of the needs for the Buccaneers is defensive line, a little bit of defensive line help. So he, he was kind of a guy, there was a lot of talk about him. There was a lot of talk about a couple of other guys, potentially. Just, um, you know, they pick Logan Hall. They pick a running back. They pick a tight end in like the third, I think, Kate Otten. Right. They pick a tight end out of Washington. They even pick a punter. My, yes. my neck of the woods in the fourth round. We will round. get into that. We will get into that coming up because he's an SEC punter. Yep. Uh, it was interesting in that time frame where the defensive linemen on Thursday night started going yep. uh, as the as the uh, first round got into the 20s and into the mid-20s that were defensive linemen going. And I guess, you know, believe what you will here, but the Buccaneers basically said we had about three guys ranked the same way on our board. Yep. And so there was not one to us that was greater than the other one or worse than the other ones. We had them all on about the same level. So we decided to make the trade and pick up extra picks and they end up getting hauled to the defensive tackle, primarily sometimes defensive end Uh, big at six foot six can put some more weight on that body. And there's no guarantee for the Buccaneers that you're going to bring back in Dominican Sue here. And right. what's the long-term solution at defensive tackle? You got to get younger. And yep. that's what they have elected to do. And then they pick up an offensive guard out of central Michigan. And I love Jason light going kind of with the lesser known smaller school guys. He got Ali Marpet that way to play offensive line Alex out of a division Kappa. three Alex school, Kappa Alex Kappa out of a division guy. two school. So you go get a guy out of central Michigan in the Mac, big body to play guard guard or tackle for this team. Uh, more than likely going to play guard. So uh, very interesting. And uh, then you get a running back. You mentioned you get some tight ends, and we'll talk about the punter in a moment. But uh, they they addressed some needs Need. with depth, yep. and, and that will hopefully help them. The idea would be if you can get two or three contributors, much less three or four contributors out of this draft, and by contributors I mean a year from now, three years yes. from now, five yes. years from now, a couple of these guys are still hanging around contributing – That's what you were looking to do in this draft. And I trust Jason Light. I trust 
Todd Bowles, Bruce Arians advising them. I think they probably did well to get themselves two or three, if not three or four guys that can help a few years from now. We'll see. Let's get to let's get to Jake Camarga, a guy you've seen you've seen in person, fourth right. round punter out of Georgia. You know what? And, and nobody wants to admit this, but Bradley Penny did not have a great year last year, kicking off right. and punting. He makes a lot of money. So again, from a salary cap situation, you can pro- you're probably gonna if if Camarga makes the team, you're gonna probably save two or three million bucks on the salary right. cap. So that's again for probably the same kind of guy. So. Your thoughts on the on, on Jake Camarga getting so he's and he's got a big leg on kickoffs too. So you do want to get younger, you do want to get cheaper. The only thing I will hearken back to it's the second ever time the Bucks have taken yep. a punter in the draft. You may or may not know this. I'm sure that our buddy Paul Stewart yes. uh, from BuckPower.com because he had the stats before, and I remembered this. But on the draft preview, he had this uh, all the way dead to rights before the Bucks ever picked. Uh, Camarda, the punter of this go around. Um, so Paul's going to be cheering this if he hears this. The Buccaneers have taken a punter one other time in their history. And it was Ray Perkins. Ray Chris Perkins Moore. took, took the punter. Took the punter. Well, no, Perkins took a punter named Monty Robbins out of okay. the University of Michigan. Okay. A punter named Monty Robbins in the fourth round, Jason Powers, okay. just like Jake Camarda. And here's the footnote Monty Robbins did not make the opening day roster. He kicked in the preseason and was a poor punter in the preseason. And Ray Perkins cut his fourth round pick before he kicked in a regular season game. And that's 1987. So that's 35 years ago. I don't know what's going to happen with this situation. All I'm saying is just know your Buccaneer history. And just because you drafted a guy in the fourth round, we saw it before many decades ago that it didn't pan out. And Camarda's got to come in here and win the job from Pinion, yep. first of all, yep. I would think. Yeah. And sure. uh, and we'll see how that goes. Yeah, and obviously, obviously, light the one, you know, one of his biggest gaffes, not gaffes, but people remember him as he drafted Aguayo in the second round. That didn't I'll work go out. Along get- with you. He's got to own it and he does own it forever. He it does. was a gaff to trade up and take that guy, and he doesn't even make his second season as your right. kicker, and he's all the way out of the NFL in just two seasons, it is a gaff. It is a busted pick to have traded up into the second round to go get that guy. Um, so yes, these are sometimes risks. It, it's unusual to see a kicker or a punter be drafted very highly. The fourth round, not as bad as the second round. Obviously. Sure. So we'll see. If Ab- it works absolutely. Ab- All right. Let me get a couple just j- draft topics in general. What do you think of the TV coverage of the draft these days on three different networks? You got NFL network, a- ABC, ESPN kind of ABC does a college theme ESPN right. more the traditional breakdown NFL network does their thing. What do you think of it being on three different networks as a it's viewer incredible. and a fan? It's, a, it's, it's overkill. And obviously you can't watch all of it at once. And so on Thursday night, we were locked in on the NFL network. I couldn't hear what Rich Eisen and Joel Klatt and my buddy Charles Davis right. were saying on the NFL Network, Daniel Jeremiah, the scout. I saw them all night, but I couldn't hear what they were saying. Of course, the ESPN coverage, uh, Mel Kuyper wasn't even there because of his vaccination status. How right. weird was it that Mel Kuyper was at his house on video hookup? Yeah. I mean, Mel is synonymous with the NFL draft and ESPN's coverage. He wasn't there. And his um, and Mel and Mel, the one of the best two or three best draft moments in history involves the Buccaneers with Trent Dilfer. Right. Right. Where the Colts don't pick Trent Dilfer 1994. 
and Mel went off. And then subsequently the Bucks did take him uh, after the Colts did not take him. And so uh, Bill Tobin was the famous yes. executive with the line holding up the glass of water. Who, Who the, the hell, hell is Mel Kuyper? He has the same qualifications as my next door neighbor, and he's a postman. That was right. his line. The only thing I have to say is Mel has devoted his entire adult life yes. to covering the NFL draft and has carved out quite a niche. And Mel Kuyper has now done the NFL draft for 25 years plus since Bill Tobin has been part of a front office making draft picks. Yes. So who got the last laugh from, right. the, from the great soundbite of who the hell is Mel Kuyper? Because there's nobody who knows who Bill Tobin is anymore about doing <laughs> these picks. But still, Mel was there. And uh, it, the coverage is over the top. I mean, but it's amazing, Jason. This thing gets 10, 12 million people to watch. And games, playoff games in the NBA, playoff Stanley Cup hockey games aren't getting anywhere near that in the same time frame. It's incredible how much interest, how much thirst there is for the draft. And and, and they get the, they even get ratings in the fifth and sixth round when we're picking guys. Again, you and I might have heard of a little bit, from right. Cup, but the average Joe fan has never heard of the guy right. from Central Michigan or from the guy from, you know, Toledo that gets drafted in the fifth round. So, and they still get ratings. Yes, because there's just interest from all 32 fan bases of who are we getting to help us? And I want to know more. And there's a, there's an absolute appetite for this. And, and ESPN was such a visionary to put it on TV back yeah. in the early eighties. And people probably thought, I still remember watching the early days of it when they weren't even on the floor of the ballroom in New York, the smoke-filled ballroom at the hotel in New York. They were up like in the balcony sitting at a table. Bob there's Lee. No, there's right, Bob, Bob Lee. Lee. There was no Mel Kuyper in those yes. days, the early 80s, the mid-80s. Uh, but they were sitting like up in the balcony, almost yeah. like those two guys on the Muppets in the balcony, yes. <laughs> the two yes. old Muppet characters. But it, it has come such a long way. They used to have like one of those grease boards with the marker, with the erasable marker where they're writing in draft picks. Yep. Now it's become a multi-million dollar production. And they, they now bid this out to cities where Las Vegas hosted this past uh, yeah. week and and las vegas had over a hundred thousand visitors come in for the three days to be around this it's become such an event and television's a big part of this so espn was so smart back uh 35 37 years ago to start putting this on tv in the early 80s yeah and now and now the nfl who owns the nfl network is gonna then say hey you can we're gonna we're gonna farm it out to the nfl network to where they can have multiple tv coverage all right Let's get to the themes. One, a theme of the draft: wide receivers. Yeah. The thought. I know you, you, you covered a bunch of these wide receivers: Jamison Williams, the Ohio State guys, yep. George Pickens at Georgia. You did a lot of those games. Just talk about the theme of AJ Brown was the big trade of wide receiver on draft night to the Eagles from because the Titans didn't want to pay him and all that. Just your thoughts about the theme of wide receivers. Well, and we saw Marquise Brown traded yes. from the Ravens to the Cardinals, and now we know DeAndre Hopkins is suspended. But back to the college receivers, Olave and Garrett Wilson. I saw them during the regular season with Ohio State against Indiana, and actually I had seen them the year before in the Big Ten Championship game. They look like NFL receivers their junior year. Yeah. So that's something else. That Jamison Williams, I know he's coming off the knee injury. You and I are very high on him. What an explosive player. If he's even back at like 80%. Of what he can be he can be a big time uh, impact player uh as well tampa um, product christian watson goes in the second round how about that Green the, North, Bay. the big north dakota state receiver right that can they can catch passes so there's a lot of depth 
a lot of depth at receiver in this draft. And how fascinating that the Georgia Bulldogs, what was, was the official number 15? Yes. 15 players, which is a draft record in just seven rounds, picked off that Georgia team. So those are the two real storylines. You don't have a quarterback picked until the 20th pick. Yep. Georgia had 15 guys taken and a bunch of impact receivers changing hands. Uh, Alave obviously is now with the New Orleans Saints. So we'll yep. see him against the Bucks secondary a couple of times a year every year. How about the Minnesota Vikings? Two different times in this draft, they traded with in-division rivals, yes. Detroit and Green Bay in the first and top of the second round. And both those teams go pick wide receivers. Jameis Williams to Detroit. They, from, they traded from like 30th to 12th or 22 to 12, whatever it was. Right. 32 to 12, excuse me. Then in the top of the second round, they trade with the Packers and allow the Packers to go get Christian Watson. Yeah, that what, what a – I know – what in the name of – what are the name of Bud Grant? What are the name of Dennis Green? Are you doing helping Green Bay or the Lions or much less the Bears uh, within the division? I agree on that. And it, it kind of, it mystifies me when like the Bills were trading with the New England Patriots. Right. Kind of the same way. It's like, why are you helping them when so, for so many years they were the bully, the big brother in beating you up? Certainly Rodgers and Green Bay. Why are you giving them receiver help, giving him yeah. weapons, yeah. giving him that opportunity? But Strange bedfellows when you go to make uh, the trades. And obviously the Buccaneers uh, have a pipeline to make trades as well uh, with New England, which uh, they have done in the past. And they also yep. traded with Buffalo and Jacksonville this go around. Yep. You keep those relationships going, but that is strange. I would agree. Yeah, weird. All right, NFL schedule is coming out next week, late next week. A couple of these games have started to leak out already. The All the international games. Do you have your – passport ready and are you ready to eat some uh some, some uh, kraut some, some uh, schnitzel kraut stuff? i, yeah, I have never been to germany but apparently we're headed that way now to munich for the game with the seahawks in november what a swerve everybody thought that that was going to be the kansas city chiefs and it was a swerve that it's the seattle seahawks that'll be the buccaneers opponent um and that means that the chiefs join that i mean my lord the home schedule jason powers that has Great. the packers chiefs Rams, the defending Super Bowl champs, by the way, with Matt Stafford in the playoff rematch that has Joe Burrow in the Bengals, that has Lamar Jackson in the Ravens. Get your tickets now. Good luck on the secondary market when some of these games become Monday night football, Sunday Thursday night, night football. Let me run one by you. I know we got to go in a minute. Will the Buccaneers be playing a home game on Christmas Day now that the NFL has announced they're going to play three games on Sunday, December 25th at 1-4 and then at primetime, 8 Eastern time? Is one of those going to be a Buccaneers home game? And is it maybe against Rodgers and the Packers? Is it maybe against Mahomes and the Chiefs? That's a great Stay question. tuned for the schedule release. That's we'll find out. Question. That's a great question. It would not shock me. I mean, that, that you're going to probably, I mean, I know there's a lot of great quarterbacks nowadays, but Christmas night, Rodgers and Brady. You oh, know the my Bucks gosh. Will, you know, the, those are the two. That'll have 35, 40, that'll have 35 or 40 million people on that Sunday night watching that game easily. Absolutely. If that's the case. I, I'm with you. You're probably right. You, you got a great home schedule, full schedule releases uh, mid next week sometime right in the week. So you'll, you will all know here real soon what games are what. And remember a lot of these games can be flexed. So Correct. just cause it's a, just cause it's Sunday at four doesn't mean it can't be flexed to a Sunday night or a Monday night. So keep that in mind as well. Well, and, uh, and again, with Brady back, you're going to play a lot of standalone games on Thursday night, like you're mentioning, or Sunday night or Monday night. And we're anxious to see 
where those games fall, especially those home games fall with all those uh, different teams. It's going to be uh, wild to buckle up and do this once again, my friend. What, real quick, real quick on the broadcasting front. What do you think of Fox naming Burkhart and probably Greg Olson as the number one team to replace Buck and Aikman? Hey, that's a natural progression. And Kevin Burkhart's a great guy. I, I know of him a little bit and all of his colleagues at, at Fox. Charles Davis worked with him for many years. Uh, they speak glowingly about he uh, and the work ethic that he has does baseball as yep. well as the NFL. And so he's going to get promoted to replace Joe Buck again for the fans. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are now going to do Monday night football. They both yep. depart Fox after 20 years together doing games on Fox. They'll now do Monday night football together. It's going to be weird the first few times. And, and who knows? It may be a Monday night game right off the bat with the Buccaneers. Maybe. Buck and Aikman do. We'll see. But you asked me about Burkhart. What a story, Jason. I don't know if you know much about his story. This is the same way that I've encouraged you off the air. Kevin Burkhart had done some radio, some local radio, and he had given up on being a broadcaster. Literally. He shares his own story. He had begun to sell used cars, among other things. And he got encouraged, stay with it, get back in it, get an opportunity. And he did. He continued with his broadcasting career, and he's moved up the ladder at Fox, and good on him that he gets the opportunity now. These are coveted jobs. He is going to get to call the Super Bowl for Fox, yeah. Kevin Burkhart. I mean, really, for the last 20-plus uh, years, it's been Jim Nance, Joe Buck, and Al Michaels that have called the yeah. Super Bowl on CBS, Fox, and NBC. They're now going to rotate – Mike Tirico in for Al Michaels yep. on NBC. They're going to rotate Burkhardt in for Joe Buck. And uh, and by the same token, ABC will now have the game. So Joe Buck will come in under the ABC umbrella when the ABC yep. Super Bowl happens in a few years. So they're varying it up a little bit, but good on Kevin Burkhardt that he's part of that. All right, I want to give one more plug before we go. Great addition to your boxing podcast. Dan Raphael's joined your, oh. your group. Give, yes. give a quick update about Dan Raphael. If you so, don't know, if you're a boxing fan, you know who Dan Raphael is. Oh, yeah. Boxing Dan, for many, many Dan years. does a Go. tremendous job, and he's now with me on the Big Fight Weekend website and podcast. So check us out under Big Fight Weekend where you get podcasts. We got a, at the time we're releasing this podcast, we got a Canelo Alvarez pay per view this weekend, a bunch of big fights. We have the Tyson Fury fight in April, a yep. bunch of other big fights coming in May, June, and July. Big Fight Weekend, the website and the podcast, and Dan is a great insider, newsbreaker. Thrilled to have him partnered with me. Thank you for giving me the plug here on Powers on Sports, and you're a fight fan too, like I am. Yep. Dan is hardcore, and he is, I mean, he is Rain Man. He is Dustin Hoffman from the Rain Man movie with Tom Cruise on. He can tell you every fighter, every fight for the last <laughs> 40 years, where he was, where the fight was, it's incredible, his recall and his insight. So I love having Dan with me on Big Fight Weekend. Thank you for the plug. You got it. All right. We are recording this on May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. Who is yes. your favorite Star Wars character? Oh, come on. It's got to be Han Solo. I mean, <laughs> Luke Skywalker gets a lot of the attention, but I love Han Solo. Never tell me the odds and all the great one-liners that Harrison Ford had with that and Indiana Jones. Uh, that's just, uh, it's it's tremendous to go back and watch those movies, but now I'm getting old. Those were 40 years ago, 43 or 44 yeah, years ago for Star Wars, 40 years ago for The Empire Strikes Back. But yes, excellent on May the 4th, or may the force be with you, my friend. Yes, I talked to Drew Felios, our mutual friend on the back end of this podcast. And he's a, <laughs> he's a Lando Calrissian guy. He loves him. <laughs> Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, so many ways you can go now. All right, tell everybody where they can find you. 
I love it. Uh, Buck sideline guy on Twitter, BUC, Buck sideline guy. Buck season will be here soon enough. You mentioned big fight weekend for the boxing three dog Thursday podcast for the underdogs and college football in the NFL. With that, we're good. Always good to hang with you, brother. You got it. Lightning one, one with Toronto game three and four this weekend in Tampa. Check out all the best basketball NHL stuff over the weekend, baseball going on. And we will be back with Drew Felios right after this timeout. Hey, guys and girls, with the NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs in full swing, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may not know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. BetUS.com. They have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 1-800-69-BETUS. That is 1-800-MY-BETUS. You will receive 125% sign-up bonus by using the bonus bonus code POWERS22. They have re-up and referral bonuses as well. BetUS is known as America's favorite sports book for a lot of reasons. BetUS has all your NBA, NHL games with team and player props and loads of other bets to make. Kentucky Derby coming up, the Masters, the Golf Majors, the Tennis Tournaments, all that kind of stuff. PGA Tour golf and player matchups and live betting on most sports. The only onside casino has hundreds of games and race books. It has all of your horse tracks all around the country to make bets on your daily horse racing activities. They have every bet type imaginable and the Sharp Bet US mobile platform is easy with full betting options. Follow my need, my lead and get your phone online and social sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did. Bet US. You bet, you win, and most importantly, you get paid. Remember our promo code POWERS22. Bet US, where the games begin. All right, welcome back to the podcast. We have one of my regulars back on the podcast this week, my buddy over in the beautiful Clearwater Beach area of, of, right outside of Tampa. <laughs> ESPN broadcaster, the unofficial voice of pickleball around the country. The voice of the Tampa Bay Rowdies of the USL. Welcome back, Mr. Drew Felios. Woo! <laughs> Jay, when you say my name, I should start playing music and coming out to it. Old school style. I know. We need to get uh, we need to get some theme music for you. Maybe, maybe one day. That's probably fitting. But yeah, man. Good to see you. It's been a while. Um, I watch the podcast every week, but it's good to finally come back on here and uh, and and just chop it up with you, as we always seem to do. Yeah, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk a little. I'm gonna get your opinion on some of the uh, the NBA stuff going on, some of the the antics and all that stuff involving Draymond Green and some other guys. And we're gonna talk a little. Uh, first thing I will talk about: you had the pleasure of calling an awesome event last week a rising sport throughout this country. You were down in Naples, kind of the, 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 the hub and the home of, of the U.S. Open Pickleball Tournament, kind of the Super Bowl of pickleball. Give, give the fans and the audience a little, little perspective of the tournament. It's a huge tournament every year. Naples is kind of a, is, a, is the mega center for pickleball in the state of Florida and around the country. Just give the audience a little, a little perspective of what, of what the U.S. Open Pickleball Tournament was like last week. Absolutely unbelievable. I think, you know, when we were growing up, Jay, remember the Hoop It Up basketball tournament? You'd walk in and there'd be all these games going on. That's basically what pickleball is is doing right now as a sport. 
this park, they have built 64 courts in this one park in Naples. And they've made it into this mega pickleball center. They have a visitor center. They have a VIP lounge now. They're spending all kinds of money. They got the tourism board on board, the city's on board, and it's become just a huge event. Uh, it's the U.S. Open Pickleball Championships powered by Margaritaville. Jimmy Buffett's, of course, you know, they're building all those housing developments. A lot of them are happening in Naples. Minto, also a home builder, is the title sponsor of it. So it just continues to get bigger and bigger every year. Last year, it was scaled back a little because of COVID. Not the case this year. It was absolutely rocking. Uh, I had the chance to be there Wednesday through Saturday. On the first two days, Wednesday and Thursday, we had mainly the senior players starring on our broadcast. And then uh, on Friday and Saturday, we got to see the best of the pros. Now, we did get hampered a little bit by rain on Friday and Saturday. We were not able to go live on CBS Sports Network as we thought we were. Right. But still, we were able to get the matches in, the main matches in. And uh, we still saw the number one player in the world, Ben Johns, with his brother, Colin Johns, playing in doubles. And we also saw some mixed doubles as well. I mean, we, we just we had a ball. We saw the ladies also out there doing their thing. There's a great player by the name of Catherine Parento. She went to school at Arkansas and Michigan State. She's the complete package. And uh, she was playing with a girl by the name of Leah Jansen, who just got signed by Franklin. Is yep. kind of like their poster girl. Yeah. So, uh, you know, just it, it was cool, man. And um, all I could say is th it, this is the new pickup basketball. This is the new um, just sport I think everybody's catching on to. And, you know, go get a paddle. Go get a ball. Get into the game. Find a local park that has it. It's absolutely blown up in the new development communities, Jay, too. The, the new home development communities yep. are luring buyers in with this game. And it's a great way to meet people. Yep. It's a social game. You can get some business deals done even. It's even like, you know, it's got a little bit of, of that golf quality in it. Jay, I think it's really, really caught on. 2,800 players, over 2,800 registered played in the U.S. Open. The cool thing about that is it's an, it's an amateur and a professional entity. There's amateurs like you and I that can go play, professionals like Ben Johns who won the Triple Crown down there. He's kind of like the Tiger Woods of pickleball. I mean, he is a dominant force. He's a young guy, mid-20s. He's just dominating all, you know, singles, doubles, mixed doubles. He plays with his brother. You know, he's a guy, again, you've been you've been covering the sport for a couple of years now. Been doing, they have, they have, again, it's not just the Super Bowl in Naples. They, you guys do events all over the country from Red Rocks out in, out west to Las Vegas to California to the southeast. And yeah. here's the cool thing. It's also getting some national media coverage. CBS yeah. Sports Network's been covering it for a couple of years now. You will see this sport on mainstream ESPN, ESPN2, CBS, Sportsnet, Fox Sports 1 more and more as we move along because it's fast action. It's the common man can play. Anybody can play all that stuff. Just your thoughts about the growth of the sport from the media perspective. Yeah, I'm actually headed to uh, Charlotte on Saturday for another PPA tour stop. The PPA is the Pro Pickleball Association. Yep. So going to so Charlotte, our championship, all the championships will be on Sunday. You can watch it on the PPA YouTube channel. Right. You can join it on Facebook, see it on YouTube. You'll see all the matches right there. We've got about six, seven hours of live coverage coming at you on Sunday. 
Plus, there will be coverage starting tomorrow on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. But the, the big truck comes in. The main coverage comes in on Sunday. So we'll have that. As far as the growth is concerned, you're like, you're like, Jim, you're like Jim Nance and Nick Faldo. You come in for the weekend coverage <laughs> and the golf tour. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's been a blast, but you know, Jay, we had Larry Fitzgerald at the first, first tour stop. Yeah. Uh, of course the Arizona Cardinals hall yep. of fame to be wide receiver. We had Michael Phelps. Um, we've got, uh, talk, about some, talk about some of the, the, the big name celebrity guys that play in the U S open Kent Merker, Atlanta brave, former Braves pitcher mm -hmm. played in the U S open. I know Rick yeah. Barry, the former NBA legend, big pickleball guy. You talk about Fitzgerald, but talk about, these celebrities and enter and these athletes who they can't play professionally anymore, but this is a great sport to pick up for again for the you and me's of the world as well as these professional athletes to keep the competitive juices flowing. I think they're finding out too. You know, they they may win their little league or division, but you come to the U.S. Open, you play some <laughs> of the most seasoned fifty plus year olds. I mean, we've got some devastating players yeah. that are in their mid fifties. You know, Jay, those guys that we used to try and match up against back in the day up at Hyde Park Rec Center. These guys will just crush you. <laughs> you know, they, they, they've got the smarts and pickleball. It's, uh, yeah, it's, you know, I think there's three aspects. There's pinpoint shot making. There's defense, hand yeah. speed. So you can win those firefights, those hand battles at right over the kitchen. At That's the huge. And then, and then I think the last part is can you get to a ball? You know, the court is not as quite the size of a tennis court. Can you track a ball down when you have to? And you'd be surprised. The thing that wowed me the most, Jay, was these seniors last week. They moved when they had to move. It was unbelievable. The range they had, the angles that they had to track down some of these balls. I'd be like, no, there's no way he's getting to that. There's no way she's getting to that. And they would get to it. It was incredible to watch. Also, Leonardo DiCaprio is heavy into it. George Clooney's heavy into it. Uh, the celebrities, uh, NFL coaches, Steve Nash, NBA coaches playing it. Um, uh, Steve Kerr is actually playing it as well. Neil Collins, head coach of the Tampa Ray Rowdies, my soccer team, yeah. is playing it. So it's, it's you know, Jason Williams, the, the controversial former NBA star, right. has used it to kind of relieve his stress. Kent Merker, you mentioned. Rick Barry, you mentioned. I mean, it's, um, it's really become a great outlet and a great – game for people to take up especially ones that you know their major competitive playing days are over and again from a professional perspective on the tour you do i mean they're winning some decent money on this tour it's not nfl money or any of this you know professional tournament tennis tournament kind of money or golf tournaments but there's you know hundreds of thousands of dollars at stake in these bigger events that these professionals the ben johns of the world the parentos of the world that are playing playing for, for good money Jay, there's the battle going on right now is between the PPA and then there's another league called the APP. Right. And the PPA uh, asks their best athletes to sign exclusive deals to play in just PPA tournaments. Right. So what that does is then the players will say, okay, what are you going to do for me? The PPA will give them, Jay, a salary. Right. We'll make sure they have a rental car at the airport when they land believe we'll travel them as well. Um, but basically we'll make sure that everything is taken care of. And then you come to these tournaments and you win or you place and you're winning extra money gravy on top of that. It's great. But, but these players are starting to feel, you know, some, feel the a love. little bit of a, a little bit of stability and Jay, 
last last year I was doing these doing these events and I was just calling them what their name was, their made up name. Now I'm saying the Baird, um, the Minto it, U.S. Open. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- I mean, uh, this week it's the Visalign Charlotte Open. I think last time it was the Baird Red Rock Open. Then before that it was the, uh, you know, I mean, Hertz is in on it now. Uh, you've got major, major brands yep. coming in and sponsoring the game, so the dollars are starting to pour in. So look out. <laughs> And we're going to see, but I, like I said, for the fans out there, I'm sure CBS Sportsnet will be running some replays of the of the U.S. Open. So Friday night, Friday yeah. night, this Friday, Friday night, night, you can obviously Google Google YouTube CBS Sportsnet pickleball, and your 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 suspect face will show up. Your your mug will show up on the in the video. <laughs> no, no, it was a it was a exhausting week. It was a long week. We were yeah. on for six hours a day. So it's a lot of time. Uh, my partners were Melissa McCurley. She runs the website, pickleballtournaments.com. Gotcha. All the pickleball events of the country go through her. She, incredible what she does. And then Chad Edwards is the, is the third. Chad is the, um, the uh, husband um, of Simone Jargine, who's the, one of the legends of the game. Right. He also runs, runs an academy, breaks down the game as good as anybody. Really, really learned a lot from him over the past week. Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, you will see. I'm mean, fans. I'm telling you this. Within the next 18 months, I'm. I, I won't guarantee it, but I would be very shocked if you don't see this sport get a national national deal. Either where it's week to week tournament coverage on these FS1, FS2, CBS Sportsnet, ESPN Plus. One of these outlets is going to pay some money for the content because one thing it does, it's quick. It's not like it's a three hour game. It's quick. The action's back and forth, and it's a wide age range. You don't have all 20-year-olds playing. you got divisions with older guys like you and I. Women play. The action is all – it's just it's just nonstop. So from a TV perspective, watching perspective, it's an easy watch, and it's a fun watch. Without question, it is. And uh, it's a great time, man. It's a great time. The energy's great. Uh, you're almost guaranteed an autograph if you come. Yeah. It's kind of like a spring training atmosphere. Players yeah. are very personable. Um, it's it's really is a bundle of fun. Cool. All right, let's transition some little NBA, couple topics in the NBA. I want to get your thoughts on. You are listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. Drew Felios, sports media personality here in the Tampa Bay area. Long time has covered college football, college basketball, soccer, volleyball, pickleball. He's covered it all. Uh, working for ESPN and some other outlets over the years. He's been in the, in the local TV market as far as being a sports director at some uh, stations in his, during his career. Let's get to Draymond Green. Last night, we had, the, we had Draymond Green going nuts. We had Dylan Brooks with a brutal foul last night, breaking Gary Payton's arm on the, on the flagrant foul. Just your thoughts on the, on the physicality that we saw last night. Rough foul. You're getting, a lot of, you're getting a lot of blowback about, well, he broke the code of what things you don't do to players. What are your thoughts about what you saw last night, Dylan Brooks's flagrant foul? I like it. I really <laughs> like it. Yeah. And uh, I don't like the foul, but I like the physicality. You never want to hurt anybody. Right. But when I looked at that play again, I don't think that there was malintent. Right. I just think that you, you have to you have to try and prevent him from scoring. You have to, you know, let him know that there's no easy pass to the bat to the bucket. And unfortunately. 
in the game today overall, there's a lack of defense. Let's face it. Stats are padded now like like they've never been. Okay, back back in the day, back Anthony in the Anthony Mason and Bill Lambert ain't walking through that door. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Remember those battles, the Pacers, Knicks? I mean, even the uh yeah, the Celtics I mean, the, and the Lakers, Rambus Celt- and Rambus and McHale with the clothesline back yeah. in the day. You want to see some you want to see some violence? Yeah. Google Kevin McHale and Kurt Rambus, the clothesline back in the in the finals back in the day, you and I remember. Yeah, and you know. Steve Kerr said that he broke the code or know about that. You know, I, I don't think that there was any ill malintent there, but it's are, are unfortunate. We, are, are we saying that much about the foul if Peyton doesn't land on his arm and break his elbow? Yeah. He just falls and he's, you know, he bounces up. It's a bad foul. No, it's a, it's a hard right. out of the head, no doubt. But if he doesn't break his, his elbow, are we in such an uproar? No, absolutely not. Now, again, too. Here's what is against the code. You know, when a guy hangs on the rim, you don't take his feet out, right? right? That's that's danger, danger, danger. I played the game for a long time. Right. That's what you don't do. You don't swipe a guy or throw him into the post, or but a shot to the a shot to the back or a shot to the head or a bra. I mean, right. man, I took those. <laughs> I took those when we used to play at Webb. I mean, every day. <laughs> Webb Junior High back in the day. I mean, that's part of the game. So right. I, 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 I think you're right. The result wasn't good. Warriors lost. You know, obviously there's going to be some chirping and uh, some complaining, but just play the game. Let's play on. And uh, I, I don't think that same type of thing will happen again. All right, let's get to Draymond Green. What do you think of his antics? You know, he's he's – I, I know there are players that need to be animated and all that stuff to be to get the juices flowing. And that's part of the he's kind of an agitator. You know, got, we've seen over the years agitators, guys like Eric Be- Beverly, Patrick Beverly, Anthony Mason was an agitator. Rodman. What do you think of Draymond Green and all his current day antics? Flicking all, you know, giving the crap, the finger, the crowd, the finger to the crowd when he gets ejected. Just all the, the, the yeah. constant bickering with the referees with other guys, just your thoughts on just that in general. Um, I really think that Draymond is, I've watched him a lot. I've watched his game. He does some good things out there, but overall, I think he's overrated. I I think he does his persona and that attitude and that chirping all the time kind of makes him get more attention. And so people maybe think of him greater than he is. I mean, JJ Reddick said earlier today, future hall of famer. Are you kidding me? Really? I mean, the guy, the guy doesn't have one post move. All right. And you know, he's a good defensive player, but come on. I mean, he's, he, he plays perfectly in that system. Yes. I guarantee that he's a compliment. And the biggest thing he can do is he can rebound the ball and he can go and he gets them going. He, 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 he kind of takes that whole offense to another level and sure he can defend, he can rebound. But it's not like this guy's a once-in-generation player. Yeah. And, and um, you know, the other thing, If he too, was on the Cleveland Cavaliers, he'd probably be out of the league by now. Exactly. You wouldn't know exactly. who Draymond Green was from a hole in the wall. Exactly. Good I mean, the player. Guy was just, good player. He's earned it, but all that. But, yeah, you're right. Not a hole yeah. in the Come on. Come on. Let's, let's, let's get real. And J.J. Redick, again, I was watching. I think he went at, uh, you know, is First it? Take. Uh, First take was Steve right. 
Mad Dog, I think. Mad Dog Russo. Right. So he went at him and said, we don't care about the old men and what they think. You know, what kind of talk is that? Yeah. You know? He looked like a clown today. He, he come was, on. J.J. Reddick was a clown today. He, he is a clown. He is a clown. So, and I'll go on record in saying that. Come on, you don't talk that way. And that's what I, that's what Jay, what I think has gotten so upsetting. You know, I enjoy Skip and Shannon because they at least have facts in front of them and they make their case. A lot of these other guys just go on there and chirp and disrespect each other. And, you know, unfortunately it's just, it's a bunch of riffraff, you know? So, but, uh, but, 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 but yeah. So, you know, Draymond, he's an integral part in what the Warriors do. He fits in that system perfectly, but you're absolutely right. If he were on any other team, he would be garbage. Yeah. I mean, he's not, he's not a scorer. He can't, he can't get his own shot. Can't do any of that. I mean, if he didn't have Curry and, and Clay Thompson, he would not. He would be a. He'd be a bit player for anybody else. I mean, I mean, good player. He's he's earned it. He's worked hard to get to where he's at. No doubt about it. And then he has the audacity to say, "Well, I make you know again have some these athletes today. You and I know this. You're around them. The lack of self awareness sometimes of what they talk about. I make twenty five million dollars. If the NBA suspends me or fines me a hundred grand, I don't give a damn. I make twenty five million dollars. You're gonna say that to the audience that the average guy's making. 50 grand a year. We're in a recession. We're in inflation. We got stuff going on around the world. And you're going to make that kind of stupid comment just was with just such a lack of self-awareness. And the, the other thing they need to realize is, okay, you're playing in Memphis and you're getting booed, but those are fans out there. They're part of the reason you're getting paid $25 million. They're fan, yeah. They support the league. They're fans too. So, okay, you, you know, do whatever, you know, obviously they're booing you, whatever, but don't make stupid. Come on. You're a professional. You're a professional. You're getting paid. You're an entertainer. You know what I mean? Kind of roll with it a little bit. Kind of have fun. Don't talk down to people and say stuff like that. You're absolutely right. That's where the athlete today, Jay, is out of touch. And that's why one of many reasons why I love working on the pickleball court right now. It's a little bit of an outlet, a little bit of a reprieve right. from what professional sports has become because there are a lot of that going on. You kind of just scratch your head and you're just like, the, the, these, these guys have, have lost it. Have, have a clue. Exactly. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. It's just, it's, it's just you know, I want to watch the NBA. I do because this time of the year is the good time when you got the good teams playing, but it's hard because, Again, most of these guys are decent guys, but some of these guys are just tough. You, you just can't deal with them. I just can't. It's almost impossible. I mean, get, I'll give a guy like Steph Curry credit. You don't ever hear him doing saying garbage stuff. He's the guy of all guys that could be as elitist as he wanted to be, and he's a pretty good guy. He doesn't ever have blow-ups. You know, I'm sure he's pissed off at stuff and he gets angry, Like, like but he's a class guy. I mean, and I'm not saying Draymond's not classy. But just have a little self-awareness of where you're at and what you and what you're being allowed to do for the kind of money you're being allowed to do it for. Right. I mean, those are fans. They're excited to be there. They've never really had a team this good. They're excited. Just roll with it. I mean, you know, you've been in so many different environments. If you're if you're Draymond, you've been in so many battles, whatever. Uh, I, I this agree. Isn't his first, this isn't his first go-round. He got suspended and basically cost the Warriors a championship four or five years ago against LeBron when he kicked, when he kicked the guy in the groin, he stepped over LeBron to get a flagrant, to get a, you know, to get suspended. So Draymond's done a lot of this to himself. 
He's got a reputation. You're not going to get the benefit of the doubt when you have a reputation. In, in all walks of life. <laughs> Absolutely. No, there's, 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 there's that moment where, you, you know, guys have to be reeled in. 100%. You're exactly right, Jake. It's crazy, man. All right, last thing. Give me a quick update on the on the Rowdies. USL season underway. Tampa Bay. The, the Rowdies are off to a good start. Just the, the the just give me a thought about the league. I know the league. Again, people that don't know the USL is kind of the AAA of MLS. A lot of these teams are involved in a, in a what the U.S. Open Cup, where they play the MLS teams in a, in a big tournament. So just give a little idea of the USL season as we get into the the heart of the USL season this summer. Okay, so the Rowdies right now, record-wise, are nowhere near where they were a season ago. Okay. Um, I'm anxious to get back into the seat. Uh, May 21st, I believe, is our next home game. Uh, but, Jay, uh, we got into that Open Cup, and a big – we won our first game, and then we had a date with Orlando City, the MLS side. And that was a huge game just for the morale and for the heart of the Rowdies. And you could tell we showed up that night in their stadium and we gave it everything we had. And we went toe to toe with them in the first half. The Rowdies had the edge. They controlled the flow of the game. Right. And then conceded a couple times. They're down two nothing. And then they come back, get a goal of their own. Lucky M. Kosana scores. Rowdies were right there in it all the way until the end. So uh, now that, that was a big night, but unfortunately the scheduling gods haven't been kind to us. We've had, we've had very unkind schedule. We've had like two games a week for the past four or five weeks. And our guys, their legs are not there. We just yeah. need to it get shows back the to the depth that. of your roster. Exposes yes. the depth or the lack of there of your roster. Right. And we've been exposed a little bit on the goalkeeping side. A Rosarena has been a little up and down this year. Um, you know, we've teams, got enough. Tell the, tell the fans how many teams are in the league. I know Landon Donovan's team just came to town last week, and they're out in San Diego. So this league is a nationwide league. It's not just a Southeast oh, league. There are teams in California, Vegas. Talk about the league, you know, all the different parts of the league that make it. Oh, USL Championship. It's, it's phenomenal. Uh, our, you know, we, we have a date with Phoenix coming up, Phoenix Rising. They're one of the elite teams in the league. So, uh, you know, we went out to Las Vegas last year, played Vegas, and got a key win out there. Uh, San Diego is one of the newer teams in the league. Yeah. Also got San Antonio's got a team. Sacramento's got a team. And then all through the East Coast, you know, we've got, uh, we've got Charleston. Miami's getting better and better. Uh, we've got Atlanta, Atlanta United. We've got uh, Birmingham, which is a huge, huge yep. franchise, which is getting better and better. So, you know, uh, North Carolina's got a team. I mean, we've got, we've got so many different, um, so many different rivalries going on. Pittsburgh is a legendary team, the Riverhounds. So the league is great. I, I don't feel like, you know, obviously you're not going to have the depth of MLS. The skill's going to be a little bit less. And the financial commitment is not as Financial much. commitment's a little bit less, yep. yeah. Yep. Stadium's a little smaller. Yep. But overall, still a really, really good league. We yeah. saw last year, too, Orange County. Orange County, the team that beat us in the championship, they were really, really good. I mean, you saw that, Jay. I These guys there. were really, really good. I was there yeah. that night, yep. yep. Yeah. I was there that night. Yeah. But th- that's, um, that's a night, Jay, that some guys on the Rowdies 
haven't fully shook off yet. We got a guy in the back. His name's Jordan Scarlett. And, uh, you know, he, he made the error that led to that first goal for Orange County, that, that errant pass. He's been up and down this year too. Interesting to see if he can kind of get out of that funk yep. a little bit. Um, but, you know, th then the other thing, we, we lost our best guy in the back for us last. So he's now playing in Europe, Connor Antley, who's a Tormenta guy. One of the team that I work for is now manning the back for us. We have, you know, we've moved, moved some pieces around, but we still have the overall talent. Yep. It's just now let's get the schedule back to normal. Let's get on a roll. Let's again, get a little rest. Let's find out who our goalie's going to be moving forward. And eventually this team's going to be in good hands. I'll tell you what, our coach is sensational. He is awesome. So I think we're, I think we're going to be okay. And, and the cool thing about this league is guys that do really well in this league are going to get opportunities in MLS. They're going to be, they're going to get opportunities to go to get, to get bought in another MLS team. Maybe go to a small club team in, you know, whether it's Mexico, South America, maybe even Europe. So these players have outlets if they produce very well at this level. It's not like this is the end level. These guys are getting opportunities at other levels and in, in, uh, higher levels of soccer. And this may be a whole nother debate, but that opportunity, that opportunity in MLS may be right here in Tampa Bay. <laughs> yeah. This, this new stadium that yep. is built, if it is built with the Rays. Yeah. It, it, it may have other uses than just baseball, you know, and that's something I would not rule that out. That's it's got potential, you know, because the I, I'm not trying to start any rumors, no, but, but it makes perfect sense because the owners of the Rays are who own the Rowdies. The Tampa Bay Ray guys are own the Rowdies in a lot of these cities around the country. One of the bigger sports owners, the NFL owners, NBA owners own these MLS teams, own these smaller USL teams, Kansas City, Lamar Hunt is very involved in the Kansas City franchise. Teams all over the country, you'll have the a, a bit one of the big owners of the baseball or the football franchise will own these smaller soccer clubs that are in flux in some of the revenues and some of the resources into these clubs. I just think that – I'm not trying to start any rumors. I just no. think that if our team wins a championship or two yep. and the fans really get behind it, which we saw last year in the postseason – Fans were behind that team, man. That continues to happen, then those discussions become louder and louder. It's a big, I mean, yeah, Tampa, the, the Bay Area is a big soccer town. You grew up in the Bay Area in the 70s and 80s. The Tampa Bay Rowdies were huge. They were big, they were big supporters. The, the community supported them. And it was a it was a great atmosphere and all that stuff. So all right, Andrew, tell Drew, tell everybody where they can where can they find you on the broadcast? ESPN Plus, where can they find the rowdy broadcasts? Yeah, you can watch the Rowdies on ESPN Plus. Of course, all the home games on ESPN Plus. And let's see, I checked that date. Uh, our next, yeah, May 21st, 7.30 p.m. is our next home game. So May 21st, 7.30 p.m., ESPN Plus. Go to USL Championship Soccer. It's right there. Uh, this Sunday, we'll be live from Charlotte, Pickleball, the, pro, the PPA. Just sit back if you're just having breakfast. Yeah, you're just do you know, just chilling on a Sunday, and and you know, you just kind of want to flip flip around the dial, and you've had enough of face the nation or uh, or <laughs> meet the or, press. Or meet, meet the, the press. <laughs> you're tired of all the politics. Put your put your smart TV on YouTube PPA Championship and watch the Pro Pickleball on a Championship Sunday. Me and Dave Fleming, who's based out of Dallas, Texas, will have have the broadcast. Jay, it's really really going to be something else. It's good stuff, man. So, all right, last thing, I'll get you out of here. It's May the 4th when we're recording this. 
Are you a Star Wars guy? May the Force you, be with you. One hundred percent. I'm. Who's your I'm favorite Hans- Star Wars character? Who's your favorite character? <laughs> Gotta say, Lando Calrissian. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Empire Strikes Back. Return of the Jedi. A little bit shady. A little bit, you know, can't trust him. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, those those uh, those movies were classic, man. Empire Strikes Back is uh, Billy D. That's, Williams that's, back in the day. Billy D. Time. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, the worst thing though, I, I love the movies. I just I wasn't really at peace with who Luke became in the newer ones. You know, the older Luke, it kind of tarnished his character a little bit, but. That's that's a whole nother. I think he got better in the, in the in the final one, but in the Return of Skywalker, he was kind of off the wall. But I, I got to admit, I've watched all the old three, the, the first three. I've never sat and watched from start to finish any of the new ones in the last. Oh my gosh! Never once watched it from start to finish uh, any of the newer ones. Not one. Oh, oh wow. Well, that's that's the, you, you definitely have to do that. Well, how about uh, all right? There's two sets of new ones now. So there was. Like, so not not any of the new ones? Or do nope. you see, you're saying you just saw the first three. That's it. From start oh to finish. I've seen bits and pieces of the new ones, oh, but I've okay. never sat down to watch one of the newer ones in the last eight to ten years. From start well, to well this, this series now that's coming out, Jay, on uh, Disney Plus, it's okay. going to, it's going to be the period of time when it's covering the period of time when Obi-Wan fought Darth Vader, young Darth Vader, yeah. chopped off his legs. All right. And then Darth Vader went in to, you know, get his makeup done or whatever and became Darth Vader. It's going to be that period up until the beginning of Star Wars. Okay. So they're covering that period of time of like okay. 20 years now. So it's going to be really interesting, you know, basically the whole story of Obi-Wan. So really looking forward to that. All right. I will, I will definitely get on, on board with that one if I can. So, all right, Drew, keep up the great work, man. I need, I need, I, hey, I need a buyer too. Don't be afraid to send me a loan buyer here, buddy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Tight no slam dunk. Slam dunk. Send me a slam dunk. Not a Frankie. Not a Frankie. <laughs> send me a slam dunk. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still handing you assists. Still, you know, you got it off it. You. you're a disher. You're, you're, you're the disher. <laughs> Dish it off, baby. Hit the J. Right. <laughs> by the way, I, by the way, I saw our boy Donnie Dezagua the other night at a flight football game doing Tampa Catholic. Donnie D. You're Congratulations to him. Congratulations. He's having the court named after him at Tampa Catholic. Is he? So, okay. Yep, All right. Yep. Congratulations, Coach Dezogwood. Yep. No it, it's going to be it's going to be Don Dezogwood court at Kevin Knox gym. So yeah. there you go. Definitely well learned. All right, Drew, keep up the great work, buddy. We'll be in touch real soon, man. Have a great weekend. Thanks again for listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you are hearing us tonight. Remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Sports. So we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, suggestions for future episodes. And again, thanks for all the support. Remember to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. And we'd love to see you back next time for the next episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. Have a great week.